because because they were enslaved to the Egyptians. They were, I mean, they were, they lived a life of captivity. They lived more years in captivity than years free. And they turn around to Jesus and say, we're Abraham's descendants. We haven't been slaves to nobody. But you back off, brother. Well, I mean, it just don't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. So first of all, they're just confused at what freedom even is, period. Let alone understand the spiritual thing that Jesus is getting ready to say. Jesus answered them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. So even if you don't realize that you're a slave to Egyptians, you're a slave to the Roman Empire, man, you, you sin, you're a slave to sin. The slave doesn't remain in the house forever, but the son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, then you'll be free indeed. We kind of go into that verse and we kind of pick that part out, whom the son sets free is free indeed. We write songs about it. We put it on t-shirts, you know. But we have to realize that there's, that's, a, that's a completed thought. In that statement, there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes before that. And there's a lot of stuff that comes after it, too. You're in the book of John, so go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 6. Man, I don't know about y'all, I've been pumped about camp. Mmm. Woo. John chapter 14, verse 6. So Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Sidebar. I'm going to take a sidebar. Rabbit trail. Whatever your pastor calls it. I use both. Sidebar and rabbit trails. Because if you call them two things, you can take them more often. If you call it. Anyway. So I'm going to take a sidebar. Later I might take a rabbit trail. Um, but sidebar. You know, all of these churches, especially young churches. Oh, I'm going to get up on my soapbox. Or a subwoofer. All of these churches that say, well, you know what, if you're a good person, or you, you know, you like Gandhi, or you like Muhammad, or you're Buddha, you're a Buddha dude, you know. I mean, then that's cool. I mean, why, how could a sovereign God and a good God, how could he send good people to hell? Well, they didn't read that verse that says... I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody can get to the Father whom is in heaven except through me. So what kind of crazy universal talk is that? And as long as you're a good person, you can go. Well, let me tell you something. The demons believe that there is a God. The demons believe that Jesus Christ came, died, and rose again because they, they got their butts kicked by him, so they know he's real. They know he did what he came to do. But if believing was enough, or knowing that there is a God, or just being a good person was enough, then you know all the devils would have a place in heaven, because they believe. So it's not good enough just to believe that you're free. It's not good enough just to believe that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. No, you have to begin to know some things. You have to get it out from just, uh, oh, yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. That's a good principle. That's a good way to live. But, you know, mm, it's just not all the time. Well, man, it's, it, oh, I better, that's, that's enough sidebar. I'll take a rabbit trail later. John chapter 8, verse 32. Remember what that said. It says, you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. 
Now, listen to this, because we're New Covenant believers. You know what I'm talking about? There's Old Covenant, New Covenant. Y'all are really smart. And y'all go to some amazing churches. I know where a lot, of your, a lot of your churches are at. I've met some of your pastors, and I'll tell you what, man, you got some just... You all are the cream of the crop. And uh, you go to some cream of the crop churches, right? But there's the New Covenant and the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was back before Christ and His death. And then there's the New Covenant. It's after His death and resurrection. We live in the New Covenant. So now you don't just have to go to a place where God's presence resides. You can now have His presence living on the inside of you day by day. So He's no longer limited to a, a, a building. You don't have to come to church camp to meet God. You don't even have to go to church. Your building, your church building where you all go to meet God. Because God's already met you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He lives on the inside of you. Now, we're not excluding things. You ought to go to church camp. You ought to go to church. Because that's where you learn what it means to have Jesus living on the inside of you. What does that mean to have the creator of the universe that made me free living on the inside of me? What's that mean? Well, you got to be around some people that know a little bit more than you do to teach you some of that stuff. Right? So, but in the new covenant, when Jesus said, you know, the, the truth is going to come, the truth will set you free. We need to look at the other side of the cross with that scripture and say the truth has come and the truth has set me free. Because Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. Well, Jesus Christ came, he died, he rose again, so that truth has already come, that truth has set you free. That truth sets anybody free that would call upon the name of Jesus and be saved. Amen? So you could read that scripture like that. We're not butchering it. We're not trying to, you know... You know, Jesus, I, I think you said it wrong. Let me make it up for you. You know, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying, though, is that we're on the other side of the cross. The truth has set us free. You know, there's a lot of those, um, you know, churches that use that Lord's Prayer a lot. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you know, hey, it, that sounds good, man. When we all kind of stand up, they read that as a benediction at the end of the service or something like that. You know, oh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And, you know, well, we read that prayer, and we have to understand, not to get too deep this morning, but that's our old covenant prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that you are the kingdom of God living here upon the earth? Anybody that says, Jesus, come and live on the inside of me, he has made everything that he has available to you. There's nothing else to send. There's nothing else to come out of heaven. It's all been given through Christ. Amen? Amen. You don't have any... There's, there's nothing wrong with some of those songs. They're cool and all. I mean, uh, and, and some of them are even anointed to a level. But, you know, praying about, you know, oh, just you know, open up those floodgates of heaven and just pour out these blessings on us. You know, just send, send your presence out of heaven. Send your, you know, your, your blessings out of heaven. What else is he going to send, y'all? He sent Jesus. So what else is there? He gave us everything. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Man, you can pray that all day long until you're blue in the face, but he's saying, I, 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 I did that. I did that. The kingdom has come. It's here upon the earth. Because you're here on the earth, man. Young man, young woman, you're, you're the kingdom of God. His kingdom lives in you. 
So you've got to be the kingdom. And the way that we are the kingdom and the way that we act like the kingdom is we've got to understand that there's freedom in the kingdom. There's freedom in the kingdom. So Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. This is where I'm going to spend the bulk of our time here this morning. But I, I, I just looked up the word truth. I wanted to know what that meant. And I didn't look it up in a spiritual expository or, a, you know, uh, uh, this dictionary or, you know, my, my, my Dake's commentary or whatever. I just looked it up in the dictionary. Anybody use Google? I Googled it. So I defi- this is how it's defined. This is how truth is defined. Nothing crazy spiritual. I just Googled it. Sincerity in action. Character and utterance. Sincerity. Well, that's a quality that's lacking today. Sincerity. Number two is a fundamental or spiritual reality. A fundamental or a spiritual reality. The third one is fidelity. We don't necessarily use that word a whole bunch, but faithfulness. We think about fidelity in a marriage. It means that a husband and a wife are true to each other and, and stay true to each other. Fidelity. Faithfulness. To an original or to a standard. That's what that means. And that word truth is pretty loaded, isn't it? John chapter 5, verse 19. Why don't you go over there if you want to. John chapter 5, 19. I am pretty sure... Except at the end, there, all, these ver- all these scriptures are in John, so you're all set. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to go to the table of contents figure out where Ecclesiastes is. <laughs> We're good to go, man. John, so if you can find the book of John, you are set for this morning. So John chapter 5, verse 19. It says, Therefore Jesus answered, He was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. This is speaking of that faithfulness, that fidelity to His standard, to to an original. So this is Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh on the earth, saying this. He says, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself, unless it is something that He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Christians that understand freedom... Walk in this truth. That I do what I see my father do and I only speak the things that I hear my father speak. I don't get to say what I want. I do not get to do what I want. You say, now wait a minute, I thought we were talking about freedom. I thought freedom was getting to do what you want. Go where you want to school. Do what you want to do in life. I I want to do this, Pastor Drew. I want to do that, Pastor Drew. You know what? I thought you said that we were free. See, but this is where the spiritual freedom and the freedom that you have as a nation begins to kind of separate. The freedom here in the nation says that you can do anything you want to do. Be what you want to be. Get a job where you want to get a job. Go to school where you want to go to school. You can do what you want. Because that freedom is available to you. But then Jesus' freedom starts to wire off a little bit right there. It says to us that you can't just do anything you want to do. You don't just get to say what you want to say. You don't just get to go to school where you want to go to school. What we need to do is we need to start seeing the will of the Father and our will conjoined. To where our will is the Father's will and His will is mine. So anything that I hear my Father say, I'd like you to go to this school. All right, Lord, I'll do that. You know what, I don't want you to go to any school. I just want you to sit underneath your pastor learn because i got some things for you. Well, Lord, what is it? And you don't hear anything. You just hear crickets chirp in the background. 
He has something for you. He's just saying, hey, this is the step right now. You got to believe everything else by faith, all right? Okay, all right. So I'm going to take that step today. See, that's understanding your freedom in the kingdom. Is that my will and my Father's will have to become one will. Not His will and my will, and then, you know, we meet somewhere in the middle. Because Jesus don't meet us in the middle. Jesus says, this is my way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And nobody else can get to the Father or get to the Father's will, what I have for their life, except through me. Not, not through education. Not through mental understanding. But through me. And what's His way? You heard about it last night. His way is faith, man. His way is faith. And we got to take that step of faith. Every single day of our life, we have to wake up and say, God, what's your will? What do you want me to do? Because I don't just get to do what I want to do. I don't just get to say all the stuff that I want to say. Yes. And before we start kind of sucking air in the sanctuary this morning, <laughs> we have to think, well, now, wait a second. Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh on the earth said, I, I can't do anything that I just, I can't just do what I want to do. I only do the things that I see my father do and I only say the things that I hear my father say. Jesus said that. Perfection in the flesh on the earth said that. So what makes us feel like we're any different than that? What makes us feel like we're exempt from saying the same thing? Oh man, I'm free. I'm, 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 I live in a free nation. I live in a free country, man. I get to do what I want. You ever heard anybody say that? It's free country. That's free country. I'll do what I want. I'll, I, you know what? We do not live in what, what we... Uh... <laughs> Slow down. Pull back. I just about got all up on it. <laughs> but in the kingdom of God, I'll tell you something right now. You don't just get to do whatever you want to do. Oh, it's free kingdom, man. Free kingdom. I do what I want. I'll go to church where I want. I'll hang out with the people I want to hang out with. I'll do what I want. You know what? I can do all this stuff on the side. I can go to church on Sunday and everything's going to be cool. You know, everything's fine. I mean, God loves my pastor, so he must love me too. You know? I mean, God talks to my pastor, so, you know, I must, we must be all right. I mean, everything's cool. Do you know that God doesn't just want to talk to your pastor? He wants to talk to you. I mean, thank God for the five-fold ministry gift that he's put into our lives. But do you know what? God wants to talk to you. Because he has a will for your life that's different than the will that he has for your pastor's life. He has a will for your life that's different than your youth pastor's life. Amen? They might be similar in some aspects, but they're different. See, God's called us. What's so cool is you look around this room and we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. Some of us come from different states. I mean, you just look around the room, it's like, wow, hey, look at the diversity that's in here. Well, we see that in the natural. Think about that in the spirit. God's made us all diverse. He's put gifts and talents and abilities on the inside of you that He hasn't put on the inside of anybody else. He needs you to do something that is different than, than the person sitting next to you. That's why that scripture says that every joint supplies. Amen? You're a joint. And you've got to find your place that you can supply. Amen? 
So you look at that person next to you and it's like, hey, praise God. Maybe our paths are, you know, kind of similar, but they're different. They're different. God's called you to something special. He's called you something to you. He's called you to something unique. Something is different than the, the calling that's next to you. So how am I going to get that? How am I going to find that out, Pastor Drew? And you've got to spend time in His presence daily and, and listen to His voice and say, Father, I don't just get to do what I want to do. I don't just get to say what I want to say. I want what you want for my life. Amen. What do you have for me? Amen? Amen? And I'll tell you something right now. The, the Bible tells us that He goes to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for one heart who's tender and perfect towards Him. What's that mean? One heart that's saying, I don't just want to do what I want to do. I don't want to just say the things that I want to say and go the direction that I want to go. What's the direction you have for me, God? Man, that's that heart. And I'll tell you something right now. Jesus is just, I, the Holy Ghost is just begging for somebody to say, I don't want what I want, I want what you want. Make my will your will. Amen? And then bring that will into subjection to His will every day. Because your flesh and your will is going to want to do its own thing. It's going to want to go its own direction, follow your friends somewhere, you know? Well, I'd say, can I, this is a rabbit trail, not a sidebar, so we'll go over here. So, <laughs> rabbit trail is that if you're hanging out with people in your life that aren't going the same direction, that aren't hungry for the same things, man, they'll lead you down the wrong path. They'll lead you down the wrong trail. Oh, but I can witness to them. That sounds so spiritual. And I'm proud of you. Good job. That sounds so spiritual. But the amazing thing is, and I haven't been at it for a long time. Dr. Jacobs could probably stand up here. He's been at it a whole lot longer than I have. And he can stand up here and say the exact same thing I'm getting ready to say. It never works that way. I'll hang out with those people. But, but listen, Pastor Drew, I'm witnessing to them. I'm, I'm helping them, see? Like, they, they need what I have. So, so I just, so we just hang out. I don't do all this stuff that they do. I just, ah. Well, man, you don't understand freedom. You don't understand freedom. Why? Why do you say that? Because you're putting yourself back in bondage when you hang out with people that are bond. You chain yourself to them. You put yourself in captivity to what they're captive to. So you're not witnessing to them. You're not helping them. The best way to help them is to say, you know what? I just, I'm sorry. I can't be associated with that. God's got something for my life. And I, man, I love you. You don't have to be mean to them. You don't have to be nasty to them. It's just like, hey, I love you. I, you know, I've just, you know, been a good friend to me for a long time. But you know what? I just, God's got some other things for me, man. I just, we just can't hang out as much as we used to. You know, we just can't do that. And, uh, you know, some of you, maybe you need to go home and call up some of those friends and say, you know what, I just, why don't you come out to church with me? And they say what they've said a hundred times. Nah, just that church thing, it's not for me, you know. I just don't do that. Well, sorry, man, then you're not for me. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Come on now. So... There's, uh, uh, let's look at this other definition it's, it, of truth. Sincerity in action, character, and spirituality. Sincerity in action, character, or spirituality. People know when we're sincere when we're putting up a front. And what I love about teenagers and young people, I, I, love, I, I, just, 
I dig y'all. You are so much fun. The reason that I like y'all so much is because you see right through a phony in a hot second. I mean, it don't take you any time. See, sometimes like, I mean, sometimes it seems like older people get duped a little bit longer. But, you know, the, but young people, you just, you're like, nah, that's just not real. You know, that's just not real. I just don't feel that, yeah, there's just no sincerity in that. And uh, I think the reason that young people bring such life into the church is because they just, they, they're hungry for what's real. They're hungry for what's real. Sometimes older people get stuck in religion, you know? And then they're just hungry for religion. See, but, but young people are hungry for what's real. That's why you bring such life to your church, and that's why your pastors love you so much, is because you bring, you're just hungry for what's real. Pastor, what you got? Give me something real, man. And I'll, I'll tell you what, as a pastor, that is awesome. I put all my young people as close to the front as I can get them in my church. Because they're just, I just want what's real, Pastor. And give it to me. Right on. Sit up front and pull. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyway, but we know the difference between what's sincere. I mean, human beings are pretty good at that in general, I think, knowing what's sincere and what's not. The only way that we get duped is if we allow ourselves to... We, are, we know it's sincere. We know when it's real and when it's not. But we convince ourselves in our mind that it is when it really isn't. Well, that's really, you know, the latest trend and all that stuff. That's what's real. You have to convince yourself that's real. That doesn't come instinctively. You have to convince your mind that that stuff is what's real. Because really, on the inside of you, you know the minute that you pick it up the minute that you do it, the minute that you put it on or whatever, that, yeah, this just ain't right. That's that instant instinct that God's put on the inside of every single one of us to know. It's it's called, some people call it their moral compass. I choose to call it the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. It's on the inside of you saying, that's not right. That's not right. That's not real freedom. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. So we got to know what's sincere, what's not. Truth is sincere. It's always sincere. Truth is sincere. So when Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, he said, I'm sincerity in action and character and spirituality. I'm always sincere. He always means what he says and says what he means. Sincere. Sincerity is freedom. It means that what we say, we stand by it. It means that every word that we say when we promise that we're going to be somewhere or volunteer at church and then we don't show up, well, that's not sincerity. Oh, give me a break, man. I'm only like 15, 16 years old. Mom and dad couldn't come, so I just couldn't come either. I just, be sincere. Be sincere. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there, Pastor. I'm going to help you uh, with uh, your youth minister. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. And then then don't show up. You know, then you're not there. Well, something else came up. Okay, I, I, did, I, I did one sidebar, one rabbit trail. I don't know what you call the third one, but we'll just go back to the sidebar. If, 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 the, if the sports and the entertainment and all that stuff is keeping you from keeping your word, then you need to stop that stuff. There's, hey, all that stuff is fine. I love sports. Man, Brother Jordan, I don't know where he went, but man, that dude hooked me up with a Cubs hat. 
I love the Cubs. I love to watch the Cubs. I love to listen to the Cubs on the radio. I am, I'm, I'm young, but I'm kind of like an, I'm like an old man on the inside kind of thing. I, I, I love to garden and I love to do outside work, you know. I got my little, I'm serious, my wife is going to be laughing like crazy, but I have, I have my little hat, you know, that I put on. I'm outside in the garden, you know. All my friends from uh, in high school, I was always the old man. That's always what they called me, just because I like doing that stuff. I'm cool with that. That's fine. They call me what they want. But, you know, hanging out outside, working in the yard, listening to a Cubs game on the radio, that's just, man, that's a nice summer afternoon, in my opinion. I mean, I dig that. But, you know, I love the sports, and I love doing that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. We're having a church picnic when we go back home. We're going to bring out the softball gloves and... Have a time. I mean, that's fun. That stuff's fun. That's all right. But the minute that something fun and something enjoyable becomes everything you do, and it consumes your life, and every time someone walks up to you and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is something about sports, or something about entertainment, or something about the latest music trend, there's a problem. That's an instant gauge. When you start talking to a person, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is a hobby. Hobbies are cool, but they're just hobbies. Hobbies are something that I do in my free time. That's what a hobby is. But when hobbies become lifestyles, then we, we, we lose what freedom really is. Because we're binding ourselves to a hobby. We're chaining ourselves to a hobby. Some of you got mad at me now. Come on. We're all friends. Everybody's still good? I need two thumbs up from everybody. All right. Everybody's cool. All right. Good. Y'all still love me? Okay. Woo. Good. I'm excited about that. Amen. Man, you start talking about sports in a Pentecostal gathering. Everybody gets all upset with you. We're all friends here. I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> Good. I hope I, I know I'm at least helping one person. Praise God. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> so, John chapter 3, verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You can't make fleshly things spiritual things. You can't make spiritual things fleshly things. And there's a lot of churches trying to combine those two things. Well, what they're doing is they're putting themselves back into captivity. That's not real freedom. That's not real freedom. And they say stupid things like, you know what, you're just brainwashed when you try to be a person of honor and you try to be a person of integrity and you try to keep your word. They just say, oh, you're just brainwashed. That's just old religion, Pastor Drew. Oh, man, you just need to get away from all that. That's just bondage. That's bondage. What are they doing? They're trying to convince themselves that true freedom is bondage. And just as crazy as it was for the Jewish people to look at Jesus and say, we're Abraham's descendants. We ain't been bound to nobody. Well, that's what they're doing. Oh, they see, you're in bondage. You're in bondage hanging out with that crew doing what you're doing. You're just in bondage. Because you ought to, you ought to, I mean... You know, 
Y'all ought to be doing your, you know, all that, all that stuff at your church. You ought to have, you know, all the, all the drinking parties. And, the, and the, man, we have a great outreach at our church, man. It's called Cigars Under the Stars, man. You ought to try that. Man, we got so many people to show up to church that day. Man, that was, man, that was a time. Y'all ought to get yourself signed up. I'll tell you what, I got a business card with somebody's number on it. You can call them and get all your stogies. <laughs> Y'all ought to be doing that. Oh, I don't, I don't, that's, not, that's not what we're about. Oh, you're just in bondage. Oh, see, you're just in bondage. And then I want to look at them and go, mmm. You know that song, things that make you go, mmm. That's one of those things. Make you go, hmm. Something ain't right about what you just said. I'm in bondage. That's funny. Because the Word told me that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Son don't want anything to do with any of that stuff you just talked about. So, so who's in bondage? Not I. <laughs> Amen. So... So be sincere. Be a person of your word. Be a person of integrity. Hold true to those fundamental and spiritual realities. Real spiritual people, real spiritual people, not false spiritual people. We were just in the back goofing off. I, can't, I, I think I was talking to uh, Brother Jacob. He was, he was saying, you know, when people are up here in prayer lines, you know, they look to see which ushers behind them so if they could be spiritual and fall out or not. You know, we're only laughing because we know it's true. All right, I'm going down. Get ready. I'm feeling spiritual. What is all that stuff, man? It's just false spirituality. It's just false. Now, there's a lot of times, too, Dr. Waite taught me this. So there's a lot of times we might start out in the flesh, but you'll get over into the Spirit. So, you know, in a service or something, you see somebody jump up and do something by the Spirit, sometimes it's good to just jump up and join in. You might start out in the flesh, but if you'll allow yourself, you'll get over into the Spirit. So, Amen? So that doesn't mean, oh, I'm just going to sit here then because I'm just going to be spiritual. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Because the, the Bible says, blessed are those that wait upon the Lord. So I'm being spiritual, man. I'm just waiting. Waiting for what? I don't know what you're waiting for. Anyway, praise God. Amen or oh me. Fidelity to an original or to a standard. That's the other part. Fidelity, we said, it means faithfulness. Faithful people are free people. You know, the Bible says that it's, it's hard to find a faithful man. It says you can find all kinds of other people, but a faithful man, who can find? Who can find? Well, faithful people are really, truly free people. Or you could say it this way, too. The people that understand their freedom, man, they're just constantly... I mean, they just understand faithfulness. They understand what it means to be faithful. And in a culture that we live in today, guys, and I'm not too far removed from some of y'all's generation... Um, Man, faithfulness is something that is just... If, if it could be said all those years ago that a faithful man who can find...
Man, what does that mean in 2013? A faithful man who can find? You couldn't find one then. The list keeps getting shorter. And I would say this to you, um, young people. uh, Let your pastor find a faithful person when they find you. Well, I'm I'm just young. I can't really serve like that. Who said that? Who said that? Because Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say you could start serving me as soon as you're at the age of 18. Because, you know, that's when you can vote, when you can buy a lottery ticket. So that, you know... That's your time. That's when you can serve in the church because you're a legal adult. Well, no, that's not in the Word. No, it's not in the Word. So it's a faithful man who could find. He's looking for faithful people. He don't care how old you are, how young you are, what your background is, what the color of your skin is. He don't care. That don't, none of that makes any difference to God. You know, a lot of people, that makes a difference to them as human beings, but I'll tell you what, that's a person that don't understand freedom. Because whom the Son has set free is truly free indeed. Amen. And it don't matter if you're 6, 60, 600, 16. God don't care. Don't make no difference to Him. He's looking for people that are willing. He's looking for people that are willing and obedient. Amen? And people that are faithful. So a faithful person understands freedom. Hallelujah. So remember that truth is what sets us free. Okay? Truth is what sets us free. So when Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, remember what truth means. Truth means, one more time, all right, just in case you didn't get it all in your notes. And if you didn't, you can Google it. That's where I got it. So, <laughs> Sincerity in action, character in utterance. Sincerity. Number two was a fundamental or spiritual reality. They're just real. Number three was fidelity or faithfulness to an original or to a standard. So sincerity, reality, and faithfulness. If you be all three of those things, then you're being like Christ. Because Jesus says, I'm the way and I'm the truth and I'm the life. So if you want to know what it's like to be like Jesus, then you need to be like truth. Be sincere. Be faithful. Be a man of, and a woman of integrity. Amen? Man, His presence is in this place today, y'all. I know that because you're here. Amen? That's why Brother Hagin said that the corporate anointing is the greatest anointing. His anointing wasn't in this room because this room is anointed. His anointing's in this room because you're anointed. Because the anointed one and his anointing lives on the inside of you and you bring it with you. And then your anointing, the anointing that's on the inside of you hooks up with all the people of like faith that are in the room with you. And that, man, that anointing just starts accumulating. Amen? So when you hear somebody say, man, I feel that anointing in this place. Well, it's not because the walls are anointed or the ceiling's anointed or the floor is anointed. It's because there's anointing here. Because you're here. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So if you want to walk in the full benefits of freedom, then be truth. I told you everything was in John. I'm sorry I deceived you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. It's not that far, so don't freak out. It's all right. Go to the right. Turn right and you will run into 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20. 
It says, therefore, what's that therefore? I mean, I still hear a lot of pages turning, so. Happy you didn't even get what I did. I heard one giggle on the front row. <laughs> and I think that was just a courtesy giggle. Huh? <laughs> Pastors enjoy courtesy giggles. They're nice. Makes you feel better. You say something that just totally bombs, some joke, you know? And then you got that sweet sister on the front row that, huh? <laughs> it's always helpful. Huh? Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. When I hear words like we beg you on behalf of Christ, I think about Paul writing that and saying we beg you. We are just... I think about... Have you ever really wanted something really bad from like mom and dad? So you're putting together and, and you know, Christmas is just around the corner, you know. Nobody wants to think about that at summer camp, but it's, it's coming. And you start putting together your wish list of stuff that you want, right? You know, mom and dad say something, or grandma and grandpa say, you know, put together your list of some things that you want for Christmas, you know. And so you start putting together that list and you're, you're, you're just, but there's always that one thing on that list that you put in all caps or bolded. Everything else would be fine, but there's this one thing. And I don't care if I got any of the other stuff as long as I get this one. Everything else is single space, but when you get to that one, it's double space, man. <laughs> Everything else is size 11. That is size 24. Bold, aerial black. There it is. Well, why do you do that? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm begging for that. I want that real bad. That's what I really want. And I think, about, I think about stuff like that when I think about what Paul said. He was writing all this other stuff. Still important. Still valuable. Still extremely good. And then he, and he puts in this word that says, I beg you to get this. I beg you to get this. So let's read it again with that kind of thought in mind when we think about Paul writing that. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ. We beg you. We put it in all capital letters, real big on the page. Be reconciled unto God. Be reconciled unto God. Be truth. Be sincere. Be faithful. We beg you. Amen? That's solid. We're truth on this earth because we're Christ's ambassadors on the earth. So to say you're a Christian, it means to be Christ-like. Christ wasn't his last name, just in case. You, when he had a reservation at the restaurant, it didn't say, uh, table for 12, Mr. Christ. Well, I guess 13, including him. Table for 13, including, you know, Mr. Christ, is that your... Oh yeah, that's the, that's the Christ party. You know, here we are. <laughs> no, it's not his last name. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Yeah. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, his anointing. Yeah. And the word Christian 
It means that the anointed one and his anointing were to be like that. That's what, that's what Christian means. To be like Christ. To be a carbon copy of Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian. C-H-R-S-T-I-A-N. We, we sang all those songs in Sunday school. I am a C. I am a C-H. Anybody else raised in church like I was raised in church? Woo! I got a witness. I am a C-H-R-S-T-I-A-N. I have C-H-R-I-S-T and my H-E-A-R-T and I will I always mess this part up so I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> I mean, but we sing those songs and we think about, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm part of an exclusive club. You know? We're Christians. But, but that word means to be like Christ and Jesus said I'm the way and I'm the truth. So when it says to be like Christ, it means that I have to be like truth on the earth. To really understand what freedom is, I have to be truth. I have to be Jesus on the earth. Because my, my, my uh, uh, classmates, co-workers, whatever situation applies to you, those people may never see Jesus in the flesh. Jesus isn't in, in the flesh on the earth. He's seated at the right hand of God in, in heaven. So he's, he's no longer here on the earth in the flesh. So what did he do? He said, it's, it's good and it's expedient. And I'm closing, I promise. It's expedient. It's good for you that I go away. Because I'll be able to send another comforter to you. And, and when he said that, he, it, instead of there just being one Jesus on the earth and the anointing just goes with him because he's the anointed one and his anointing and everybody, if you wanted to be around the anointing, you needed to be around Jesus because he's it. No, he said, you know what, it's expedient, it's good for y'all that I go away because I'm going to be able through the Holy Ghost to anoint you, to be my ambassadors, to be truth on the earth. So instead of people just looking to me in the flesh and following me from one city to the next city, they'll look at you and see me. They'll be able to look at you and see truth. They'll be able to look at you and see faithfulness. They'll be able to look at you and see sincerity. Hmm. That is the benefit and the wonderful blessing that we live in in the New Covenant. That you are now able, through Jesus Christ, to be His ambassador here on the earth. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. To be Him. To be truth. To be a, a perfect example of truth here on the earth. Amen? Does that bless anybody in this place? So the freedoms that man crave, those freedoms can always be taken away, but truth... Truth sets you free, and whoever the sun sets free is free indefinitely. That's where that word came from. Indeed, indefinitely. Indefinite. What's indefinite mean? Always. It's just indefinite. There's no beginning, middle, end. It's just indefinite. So whom the sun sets free is indeed free. It's indefinite. No end, no middle just indefinite. So whom the sun sets free is indefinitely free. Man, that's good. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me. Did that help anybody? Good. Good, good, good. Uh, this morning, um, the Lord was just kind of uh, uh, dealing with me just a little bit this morning. What 